You're listening to the Sewing and Growing podcast and radio show with Jay and Jay. Yep. So that's how we start every podcast. There, hopefully, yeah, adds a two-second delay. What happens is we look at each other and we like, nah, like your turn, my turn. Three, two, one, go. It's easy to defer to the other person to start a podcast. Yeah. It's always like, how am I going to start a conversation when somebody else isn't in the room with me? Mm. And that's how it feels sometimes, listeners. Like Pastor Jonathan and myself are here having a conversation, but you're not here with us, and right. it's just kind of awkward to start a conversation without you here in the room. But let me just say. You're on the podcast yeah. now, listeners. I hope you feel welcome. Hopefully you feel welcome. If you were here, we would offer you two of our favorite right. beverages, either a Coke Zero or a coffee. And guess what? Yeah. We could even get you a bottle of water if you wanted one. Yeah. I had a chance to talk with somebody who heads up a, a production for a major church. And they were talking about the importance of live stream and everything. And he said, there's two types of productions of broadcasts. We could say live streams. One that makes the viewer go, man, I wish I was there. And the next one says, man, I feel like I'm here. Ooh. So we're endeavoring to make you feel like you're here with us. Honestly, a lot of people think we have a more glorious setup than we do. No. People think like, we have an amazing studio. We're sitting around a plastic lifetime table, nice and sturdy, yeah. thankful for the room <laughs> that we're in. Sometimes it's either hot or cold. Yeah. We just, what makes this good is the conversation. And yeah. you're a part of the We've conversation. We've got some old mid 90s uh sm58 mics and we have literally next to us an old library of cassettes of great teaching <laughs> yeah. from great teachers that have yeah. been here ever since i've been here and vcrs yeah we're in a room with stacked chairs which actually kind of help deaden the sound so, so that, they're a it's like a studio you know? yeah so listen you might be in a better spot sit in your car listening to this or going on your morning if you run. have a heated seat Ooh, glory to God. You're blessed. Your favorite church. Come on. And so where are we? We're blessed to have this podcast. It's awesome. Always a highlight uh, being able to do these. And today I want to talk about the church. We are the church. Pastor Mark, uh, last month or a couple months ago, went over a series called We Are the Body, which is all about the importance of the church. And man, I am committed to the church. I think about the church all the time, partly because I'm employed by <laughs> you and the church. That does <laughs> I get, help. Keep I get it my on income. That's one reason why thinking. I think about it. But my friendships, my relationships, I met my wife in the church. Mm-hmm. Uh, my best friends, really my only yeah. friends. <laughs> I can honestly say that. Yeah, man. Stem my only friends. Come from the church. Mm-hmm. And you go, really? Oh, that's sad. No, that's by design. The people closest yeah. to me are part of the family of God. Now, am I exclusive where I don't want people to come in and be a part of that? Absolutely not. I want them to feel like they can come in and that they should come in. Uh, But man, the church is important to me. And hopefully we all realize that. And Pastor Mark spent a long time talking out of the book of 1 Corinthians, which is based off the church of Corinth from the city of Corinth, the Corinthian church. I think it's kind of fun to look into some of the history of these places. Like, I didn't even know until like a month ago where Corinth was. Like what country Corinth is found in? Turkey. It's in Greece. So yeah, but I'm like, man, I should know this. I should know that. I should know that because partly 
the reason we should know this is it provides context for when we read the letter because they're letters. Yeah. Now, if I read a letter that you wrote to your grandma, I would want to know the context of who the grandma is and why you're writing the letter. Right. It would help me understand what was in the letter. the letter. So Paul wrote this to the Corinthian church. He founded the Corinthian church, but he is an apostle at the time, meaning he doesn't stay in one place. Right. He's going around on his missionary journeys. Read the back of your Bible if you want to learn more about those. <laughs> the maps on the back On of where the Bible. he's going. So after he leaves, who comes in? Timothy. This cool guy named Apollos. Oh, yeah. Now, who is Apollos? Apollos. He's an Egyptian Jew who's a stud at speaking. The reason we know this is there's, in the Bible, a story of him being at mm -hmm. Ephesus, just teaching it up like crazy, and this husband-wife duo <laughs> hears him preach. Yeah. This husband-wife duo is by the name of Priscilla and Aquila. Aquila. So you're like, wow, which one's the guy? Because they both sound like feminine names I think to me. Aquila's the guy. Aquila's the guy, Priscilla. But doesn't Aquila sound kind of like a feminine name? It's a little effeminate, yeah. I no We're offense. surrounded by such a great crowd. When I see you in heaven, Aquila, I will um, ask for forgiveness. <laughs> but they hear this guy, and he's speaking profoundly with zealous knowledge right. of the scriptures. He's doing great. They have a private conversation with him afterwards, like, love what you're doing here, man. <laughs> One thing, uh, you don't know about the baptism of Jesus. Correct, You've never you heard about Jesus. And he's like, well, I don't even know about that. <laughs> I know about John's baptism, though. Baptism under repentance. But... With his status, I mean, he was way more popular, way more influential than Priscilla and Aquila. He humbles himself, hears from them, receives Jesus, pretty much goes into ministry, it seems like, pretty soon after that. And he actually be, is so influential, he kind of gets sent to the Corinthian church mm. to kind of oversee it. But that causes some problems. Yeah. What happens in churches? We have these petty disagreements. Right. We have these divisions, rich, poor, all of them. If you came it to church, you heard about a, that. It turned into a Michael Jordan, LeBron James debate <laughs> oh, between man. him and Paul. And actually Peter. Yeah. Which another thing I didn't get the context of. Hopefully this. It says, are you of Paul? Are you of Apollos? Are you of Cephas? I'm like, what's this Cephas, Cephas thing? Cephas yeah. is Peter. Oh, so they're having these that. debates on this. And I really like this idea. It's just an idea from this theologian. He said, what was the big deal about these three ministers and why they were attracting so much like, I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos. And he has a really good idea of why. And the reason being is all these pagan cities in the Roman Empire and of what used to be from Alexander the Great and these Greek influences would have patron gods over the city. Meaning like, you know, this yeah. town, you know, we worship... Aphrodite. Aphrodite. And then it draws in tourism. We can sell some stuff. We get some identity off of Aphrodite. So these people who are coming out of paganism and right. they have new teachers coming in, they've already, if you read Acts, are you guys gods? Yeah, right. They go, what if I just have like a patron saint, you ever heard that terminology, of the city? I think that's kind of a cool mm. idea. But Paul's getting at him and he's kind of frustrated because he comes back like, listen, we're all on the same team. Yeah. I'm nothing. Apollos is nothing. Peter's nothing. Right. I plant one waters, but yeah, God Lord brings the increase. Then he gets to this spot in 1 Corinthians 3, 9. One of my favorite verses, he said, for we are both God's workers. Probably talking about him, Apollos, Peter. But then he says, and you are God's field. You are God's building. Mm -hmm. So the church is a body, but another example he uses is a building. So it makes you think of what kind of building is the Lord building. Obviously a church, a temple, but another- Living stones. Living stones put together. <laughs> Living stone productions. 
Shout out. Uh, shout out to Danielle, Danielle and Khalid <laughs> yeah. for coming on. One Families of, Built Strong. Families Built Strong. That was a fun podcast. Yeah, that's their other company, video production. You yeah. need a wedding filmed. They're your people. So exactly. Body is an example of the church. House is a building of the church. So what kind of uh, building? I already said it. A house. Why? Because if we're the family of God, where does a family live? In a house. It lives in a house. So Hopefully. I think God's building a house. I love so, the different in things. In this market, sometimes you sold your house, you're trying to live in an RV. Well, currently I'm living in an apartment without a porch. <laughs> is, but I'm believing God for increase. Praise God. So yeah, not everyone's in a house. But for me, that's my house. Because home is where the heart is. And currently that's where my heart is. Well, there's also a song that's, a house is not a home. You heard that one? I like that, the way you sang it. Thank you. That, that, that. We shouldn't be saying that though, because that's kind of going against the message here. Okay. <laughs> Keep going. Oh no. <laughs> Pastor Mark named a few things that the church isn't. And he said a gas station where you just come when you're empty to get filled up. He said, it's not a movie theater where you just come to be entertained, but I really believe it can be like a house. And Pastor Jonathan said it, we are living stones being put together in as a spiritual house. I believe Peter said that. And the interesting thing is, how do stones become a house? Well, they become a house by being put together. Like, stones by themselves aren't a house. We are in the right. Rocky Mountains. No one looks at the Rocky Mountains with all those stones and go, what a beautiful set of homes. No, because they haven't been put together <laughs> right, as a right. home. The house of God is built with relationships. So today, I'm going to share three important relationships that we need to find in the house yes. of God. Talking about the church, everybody. One of my favorite subjects. The first one is those that are over us, the roof. We need roofs over our life. And those are authorities, pastors, team leaders, godly mentors in our life. People who are at a greater spiritual state and have received things by faith and patience that we haven't. That's not always age. Right. That could be someone younger than you. Sometimes we have to humble ourselves and submit to somebody's spiritual authority, even if they don't have more years. Yeah. Timothy did that. Mm -hmm. He was a young man, but he was leading a whole church. So what's the thing about a roof? Here's a scripture for it. Hebrews 13, 17 says, obey your leaders and submit to their authority. They keep watch over you as those who must give an account. Obey them so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no advantage to you. A sobering thing is God's going to have your spiritual authority give an account on how you mm. did and how you were as a follower. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That'll get you going. But I like what the writer of Hebrews says about this, that they watch over you like a roof watches over you. And some people have a lot of problems with spiritual authority, but I've never met anyone who had a problem with being with a in roof. a building with a roof over it. <laughs> Why is that? Because a roof doesn't oppress you, it protects you. That's good. It endures things that you don't have to endure. Right. I, I told the youth uh, this when I taught this to the youth group recently. And I brought you up, Pastor Jonathan. The reason being is, I remember while you were a youth pastor, you'd come sometimes like, man, I'm kind of stressed, man. Like, how are we going to get the youth group to grow? And like, oh gosh. And like, <laughs> I have a meeting and I'm planning this. And I remember thinking, well, I'm there every week. I don't feel nearly as stressed as you. Like, come on, man. You leave. I get in charge of the thing. <laughs> I'm stressed out. <laughs> what was happening was you were enduring some of the weather of the leadership that those under you don't even know about. Right. And that's, that's why really leaders there is to protect you while you can grow so you can continue to grow and don't have to endure the elements. You're sitting in, in the house at 72 degrees with the fireplace on. 
all all while the roof's getting hammered with sleet. Right? Seriously. So uh, maybe that's it. That's all we need to share and so allow God to done. marinate that in your heart yeah. about the purpose of having a roof over uh, your life. Yeah. there are, And it's so important to keep a right heart towards your leaders. I, I was talking with somebody um, and there was somebody over them who hadn't got back to them in a, in a, in a manner that they wanted. And I was able to shed some light on the situation without giving all the details. But I said, this is what's going on in that, in this person's life right now, this, this, and this, they're dealing with so much stuff. And that person was like, Oh my gosh, I feel so terrible for being mad that they just didn't text me back as quickly as I wanted to. Yeah. And leaders are dealing with so much more things than you realize. Not to say that you don't have your own problems. There's problems inside the house, right? Oh yeah. Come on. But overall that, but let me ask you this question. Yeah. Would those problems be worse if there was no roof over you while you were having those roof in the house? Yeah. And another thing is why are roofs important? Everything that you greatly value goes under a roof. Mm -hmm. If you have something of great value, you don't leave it outside. Unless maybe it's lawn furniture that needs to be bolted down. That's extremely <laughs> expensive, but really valuable things, man. If I got a brand new MacBook, I ain't leaving that out in the elements. Right. I'm bringing that under the house. The things that you really value, you put under a roof. Yeah. So if you value your life, are you going to put it under a roof? Yes. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> you went in the direction I wanted you to go with that. Thank you. So that's the first one. Very important. Those over us, the roof. Secondly, when I walk into a house, what I notice more than anything is not the roof or what's below me, but I notice the walls. And on the walls, I often see pictures of memories, mm -hmm. great times, people that are important, or windows that I can see out into the future. Mm -hmm. And I would connotate and put a comparison with walls to the friendships and those that are with us that we spend the most time with. Just like when we walk into a building, the thing that we're most acquainted with is what's on the walls. The mm -hmm. things that we spend the most time with are those friendships and those close to us and those relationships. Yeah. And ideally, there's four of them. Four walls in every main mm -hmm. room. And you talked about this a couple podcasts ago. Yeah. That goes right in line with having four crazy friends. Absolutely. Which is really cool. And we went into the four crazy friends mm -hmm. analogy uh, but I'll just touch on it real quick. With that story of the paralytic man who had four friends who took him to Jesus, we don't really read a whole lot about the gumption of the person laying on the mat that was paralyzed wanting to get right. to Jesus. We hear about the friend's tenacity, right. literally roof-opening tenacity. Roof. Cut open a roof to get him Jesus back. probably kept his cool pretty good. Just, if I was teaching on Sunday and the roof started opening up, I would immediately address the problem in the hole in the room. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> um, guys, going. Uh, anybody see Get this? Distracted a little bit. Yeah, distracted. Uh, but this just makes me think about the quality of my friendships and the quality of me as a friend. First off, when my friend is having a problem, they're stuck and they're paralyzed. Do I just talk about it with the other three friends in the room, or do I take them to Jesus? First off, in prayer, or do I point them yeah. back to the wisdom of God? That's good. That's the first thing. What am I doing? But when I'm having a difficulty, are the people closest to me, will they take radical steps to get me to Jesus? That's good. That's what we should talk about. And a couple other ideas of walls are, what are walls made out of? You know, I've done some mission trips around the world. I'm glad the U.S. has standards. I don't want to get into <laughs> governmental standards and having to do that. But I'm just glad that the buildings in the U.S. are made differently than they are in the mountain mm -hmm. jungles of Guatemala. Cornstalk walls. In Guatemala, Africa, mud. Yeah. 
What is the quality of the walls? If your house is made up of the relationships of your friends, what are those made out of? What's on the inside of them? Is the same thing that's inside of you, the spiritual foundation that's inside of you, inside of the closest friends that are in you? Yeah, you think about in uh, American walls, a lot of walls, you know, you've got um, insulation, right, in the walls. You're just talking about what's on the inside of you, what's on the inside of your friends. Um, insulation helps keep the house warm, right? Oh, oh, so I have a, a thought process starting there. Maybe you can complete it, but, um, I was just thinking about that. Yeah. You know, I appreciate rooms that are well insulated. Why? Mm-hmm. They're, they're warmer. I think there can be part of the reason why we're cold in this room up here. <laughs> yeah. so we're in a room that isn't used as much. There isn't much as insulation. Right. So when our friendships, our best friendships, they can be insulated against the storms that are happening from outside. Your yes. friendships should have inside of them, in come their on. makeup, enough that when hard times come, right. things get hot, still comfortable inside. Yeah. When things get cold, where there might be a disagreement, you don't just throw your friends under the bus right. because there's enough insulation in what we're made out of to weather the yeah. storm, weather the difficulty. Um, right. That's an idea. No, that's good. Yeah. yeah I was just Does that thinking, help? Like, Does that take your no, idea that, farther? That, that's kind of what I was thinking too. You know, you can have really surface level friendships and I think that would be a house that the walls are just built out of, out of drywall, right? Instead of your lumber, you got your two by sixes or two by fours. Can I make with another insulation analogy? in between? Right. Go ahead. One of the things that makes a great friend is confidence in the things that you share with that person. Mm-hmm. When you're in a room that isn't well insulated, mm-hmm. it travels right it. outside the walls yeah. into another room. Yeah. You want, That's when you awesome. share your heart and confide in somebody for there to be enough insulation that not only are you Ooh. warm and safe in that spot to share, but that voice doesn't carry into yeah. a room that it doesn't belong to. Come on. Oh God, Dude, I felt good. that one right there, man. <laughs> I think we should end it. Glory Wait, to God. Wait, no, we don't have Oof. a floor. Man, thank you, Holy Spirit. I can't yeah. even take anything off that. All right, moving on. Another thing that makes walls strong is that they have to be tied to other walls. So just recognize mm-hmm. the truth that the friends that are in your life, you're tied to them. Yeah. Like, are you comfortable being tied to these people? The closest, like, well, I don't got anyone. Well, that's not a good spot. I'm not tied to anyone. You got to <laughs> have some people that you're tied to that you're going on a journey with. It's not good for man to be alone. Two things. You're either married to someone or you're deeply connected in relationship with another yeah. person of the same sex. There's no option. It's not good for you outside of those two. You got to have community. So just mm-hmm. realize, you said this before, show me your friends. And I'll show you your future. The people that yeah. you're closest to, are you happy with the direction you're going together? Because you are going in that direction together. Yeah. And this whole independent mindset, like I guarantee you, I can push a wall over if that's the only thing that's there. Even one wall connected to another that's making a 45 is very, very hard to push over. It's good. Yeah. So the last one that I want to mention, those over us, authority, those with us, friends, coworkers, those that we bring close to us. Third, the floor or foundation. Uh, You might go, this is the most important. Maybe you should have started with that one. Yeah, that argument can be made. (laughs) But it reminds me of the parable that Jesus said in Matthew 7. First off, Matthew 7 is a hard-hitting chapter. Matthew 7 is at the end of the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus gets to the point that says, there are those that will come to me and say, Lord, Lord, didn't we cast out demons and do miracles, signs and wonders? And he's going to say, I never knew you. Depart from me. Heavy. We don't like reading that one very often. But in that same section of scripture, he does this parable about the 
two houses that were built on different mm-hmm. foundations, one on a rock, one on the sand. And you go, what's the purpose of that? We know the story. The storm came, one stood, one fell down. He said this at the end of it. He said, the one that was built on a rock are those that hear my words and do them. Mm-hmm. I think the foundation of every strong relationship, I said this again with the 3D faith, are having those under you that you're having an outflow of obedience from what you're receiving from God. Mm-hmm. And that creates a stability yeah. and a forward movement of life for the people of God and the house of God, the church that he's growing. Mm-hmm. And that's what sustains you too. Is Jesus said his bread is to do the will of the Father. Yeah, that's good. It's good. And this is an analogy I use all the time. I love being in the Dead Sea. It was super cool floating around. You can take a 16-pound bowling ball, set it in there, and it'll float. I mean, I was walking through the water, not on the ground, but I wasn't swimming. I was literally walking. I was just moving through the water. Yeah, floating walking, which (laughs) is crazy. Um, You don't want to swim in it because the salt is so strong that like your armpits will be cut up if you move around too much. So it's not like you can swim. You like... You don't want to stay in there too long. But the problem is it receives life, but it never gives life. Mm -hmm. So therefore it's dead. Or you could say you can grow fat. Why? Because you eat a lot. You take a lot in, but you have no outflow. Mm -hmm. You will not be healthy. You will be obese. So our Christianity, the forward movement of everything God ever wants to do is based on the foundation of you hearing it and having someone in mind to pass it on to. Honestly, in the United States church, not the church at large, the church at large is growing in countries like, uh, not countries, in the, help me here, Africa is a continent, continent. (laughs) not not a country. In Africa, it's growing. In South America, it's growing. In China, it's growing. In the Middle East, it's growing. But in the United States, in a lot of places, the church is shrinking. Why? I think part of it is that we have grown comfortable sitting on our hands and not training those yeah. under us with the gospel so that the work can move a lot and of continue to move forward. Houses. Yeah. And first John two seventeen says this and the world is passing away in the lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. The will is to take what you know and pass it on to someone else so it'll continue, continue to move, continue to grow. So again, three relationships. Roof those that are over us, walls, those that are with us, friends, uh, our marriage. And third, the four foundation, those that are under us, that we live an example of obedience and just an example for those under us. It's really important and often neglected, but it's what causes the house of God to stand. You may go, what's the deal of this real quick? The deal of this and why it's important to us is not just because I said it, but because Jesus lived it. Yeah. Jesus stayed under a roof. John 5, 19 says, he only did what his father did. He only said what his father said. If anyone could have probably did pretty well, didn't have a sin consciousness, didn't have sin, sinful blood running to him, could have given a stab at it on his own, it would have been Jesus, but mm-hmm. he stayed under a roof. When his natural parents said, hey, you got to come home. I know you're about your father's business. Yeah. He still came home. He still came home. He stayed under a roof. Jesus had walls. I mean, ultimately, if anyone could do this life on his own, Jesus could have, but I think he was setting an example for us. He chose 12 people to follow with him around, all different, you know, intellectual. They weren't necessarily the smartest people in the room, but he chose them to go with him. But he had groups of four, too. If you look at him, Peter, James, John, how many is that? Four. Four. Him, Mary, Martha, Lazarus. Lazarus, Who's that? Four. Four. He knew what that was like, having close relationships. And third, 
Jesus was thinking of us, those under him and those that would follow after him when he lived his life. John 17 said, I don't only pray for these disciples, but those that will believe from their testimony and their faith. And it says that he endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. He looked to us and he was obedient to the father so that the church could continue to move forward. Those are the three relationships, those over us, those with us, and those under us that we need and we really have a privilege and an honor to live out in the house of God. That's, That's what I got. Dude, love the analogy. Thanks, man. Wisdom of the day. Wisdom of the day, my man. Um, I think the wisdom of the day is kind of the gold that we unearthed with the uh, walls and the friendship, the insulation. Yeah. Um, about keeping the house warm, right? Not having shallow relationships. Um, but then also what you said is confiding in a friend hopefully there's enough insulation and enough depth to that wall, to that friendship that what you say to them stays with them and doesn't pass on to others. I love that. And you know, I don't like doing this as a practice. I don't like <laughs> stealing another person's wisdom of the day, but I've never so, had the like, whoa, revelation moment in a podcast off of what you said with the confidence that you're sharing yeah. with another person going outside the room, right. that hit me like a ton of bricks. Because I do believe it's so healing, so important, and such a neglected part of our Christian walk, confessing to another person our faults that we could be healed. Mm -hmm. We're a bunch of people hurting because we haven't gotten past things that the blood of Jesus paid for because mm -hmm. we're not willing to open them up in community that are safe enough because we don't have enough insulation in our friendships yeah. because... We're confident it's going to go to another person. So, man, I want to develop that kind of insulation in my wall. That's good, man. Awesome, man. Woo. Well, as a brother, and I don't mind this going beyond <laughs> these walls, will you pray us out of this podcast? I'm going to yell. Um, yes, I would. Father God, well, we thank you that you have developed a house for us to live in, and it's a house and uh, uh, a roof specifically, Father God. I'm just thinking about our pastors and our, our leadership, and ultimately you, Jesus, that um, you are not over us to limit us, but you are over us to protect us. So thank you for that aspect of the, of the house, Father God, and the aspect of the friendships and the walls and the people under us, Father God, the foundation, all coming together, interlocking with one another, because walls don't just link to walls. Walls link to foundation. Walls link to the roof. Yeah. And as they all are connected together, the house is as strong as it possibly can be. Uh, it might be strong in, in some regards, but unless everything is tied from the roof Come to the ground. <laughs> yeah, it, it can't be as strong as you've designed it to be. So I thank you that as we uh, connect and link up to our authority, those around us and those under us, we will become strong uh, houses that provide shelter and warmth for those who come in, those who wander into our lives. Father God, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, you were preach praying in there. <laughs> preach pray. And I said this a few weeks ago in the announcements, but I just encourage you, when it's winter, you spend more time in the house. So if you're just listening to this podcast, yeah. I love live stream. But if you can make it back in the house, come back in the house. Uh, we love you mm -hmm. here and we look forward to seeing you here. But also having you join us next week on the Sewing and Growing Podcast with J&J. &J.